Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Let's be honest, is your sex life where you want it to be? Do you feel needy or manipulative when it comes to sex? And what if you could be trained to become an amazing lover? Sex coach Jim Benson is here to share his personal journey from sex novice to sex teacher and how you can avoid the tragedy of a mediocre sex life. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with Jim Benson. He's the coach, men's group leader, and the creator of the Multi-Orgasmic Lover Training for Men. Jim, thanks for being on the show. Trip, thanks for the invitation. I'm glad to be here on your podcast. So I, you know, I was thinking about it right before we got on this call. I was like, you know, guys don't typically talk about sex with one another. They don't talk about sex techniques or especially their challenges that they're going through. Um, it's very private stuff, to, especially to talk about amongst men. So um, I appreciate you coming in here. And I think this is the first time uh, really kind of we're going to get into kind of some nitty gritty about sex and and that kind of stuff. And so I was just really like, oh yeah, guys don't really do this a whole lot. Has that been your experience too? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine like meeting your buddy at the bar and being like, dude, last night with my wife, I just couldn't get it up again. <laughs> and I had to fantasize about the babysitter for like the hundredth time in order to get off. And your friend would be looking at you like, whoa, <laughs> where did that come from? And dude, you, have another beer. <laughs> and your buddy's like, I know, I had to fantasize about your wife yeah. when I was with my... <laughs> Yeah, now we're getting real. <laughs> now we're getting real. Yeah, that, that's the yeah. real thing. Okay, well, yeah. before we, we before we talk about your the program you've got called the Multi Orgasmic Lover, um, tell us a little bit about the guys that you help. I mean, what are the typical challenges that they're facing? What are what are the kind of the, the the frustrations and the things that they're in? What are what's their situation before they come to you? I get a lot of guys who are struggling in the bedroom. So they either can't ejaculate when they want, which means often early, earlier than they'd like. Um, they're preoccupied with their performance. Um, maybe they are, like we did, I just mentioned, they're fantasizing about a woman other than the one that they're with. So in other words, he's not trusting his body to do the job. He's going to try to run the show with his mind. 
which makes sense after all, you know, a lot of guys that works in their jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, or maybe he's struggling to feel his heart connected with his cock when he's having sex. Uh huh. Like feel a good connection between the the part of him that wants to ravish and and take her like a wild animal, and then the the caring, compassionate, tender part of himself. Okay, I can appreciate that. I mean, a lot of what you just said was like, well, just kind of more on a basic technical thing of how do I slow down ejaculation without you know taking myself out of the sexual act. It's like, okay, I got to go do mathematics in my head or something. I got to right. distract myself. But then the then the connection goes away. Right. And then also, well, let's say I'm actually with a, a woman I I really love and uh but now the sex isn't quite there. I, and I've gone through that. I I've had there were like women yeah. that I was more comfortable being with sexually, but then, you know, if there was a real heart connection, it was harder for me to integrate that. I would it was like, oh, it was easy for me to just kind of have this kind of physical thing without the without connecting the heart like you said the heart to the cock. Um yep. and then they think, well, I I guess I don't love this person or I guess there's something what 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 kind of things do they tell themselves in that situation? Oh, yeah, maybe I need to, you know, have an affair or, um, you know, maybe, you know, guys will just say a lot of things to themselves. Wow, man, I guess this is just like my parents were, you know, separate beds and the flat line. There's nothing really happening here. You know, this, it's like um, there's, guys say a lot of things to themselves once that starts happening. Okay. And this is scary stuff because I can imagine in his world, if he doesn't get this worked out, it, maybe his relationship is going to, you know, go to shit or his, yeah. uh, you know, if he's, if he's married, like, oh my gosh, this is my, my, my sex life is in the dumpster for the rest of my life. Right. Um, or, you know, he just never feels confident. And for, for guys like this is such a juicy, wonderful part of our lives to be able to have sex. Um, and you know, gosh, why would to, to feel powerless in that place? Just it's haunting. It feels, I could just imagine feeling really trapped. Totally. Yeah. Okay. And this is, this can often happen to guys who don't have a lot of sexual experience. Maybe they married their high school sweetheart and they're with her for, you know, 15 years or something like that. And they mm -hmm. haven't, they haven't explored a lot with different women. Um, or maybe they're newly divorced or sometimes it's just like the, you know, you've, I think you've interviewed Robert Glover, right? Right. Yeah. So it's like the typical nice guy. He's just like a pleaser. He just wants her to be happy. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, he doesn't understand why it's not working. His, all of his things to make her feel good are not having the effect he imagines it should. And what she's really wanting is to feel him connected with his desire. And a lot of the nice guys out there don't know what it means to be connected to your desires. Okay. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But first, I can imagine being a little like, well, who is this guy? I mean, was he got like a two foot long dick? And you know, he's just this master. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Two like, and a half, actually. Two and a half. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, so you're normal. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, tell us a little bit about it. Because, you know, I, I did a little research and you've not always been in this position. You, you were in a really tough spot. Tell us a little bit about an ex-girlfriend and, and that story and how you kind of came to be where you are. Um, well, just, I mean, at the beginning was a very strict Catholic upbringing, like, uh, stricter than almost anyone that I know. I mean, we would kneel down beside the table and say a decade of the rosary after every meal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I went to Catholic grade school, 
high school, all boys Catholic high school, Catholic college. I probably had like 10 dates by the time I graduated college total with women. So I was, and didn't, hadn't had sex. So I wasn't, I was really um, insecure, um, kind of terrified of women, basically. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, found the friend zone to be the most comfortable one to be in because I, you know, I could listen to them talk about their, their bad boy boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I wasn't getting any myself. So um, eventually I was in a relationship with a woman where I was madly in love with her. And I think this is the one that you're speaking about is uh, I wanted to marry her. And the sex just dropped off to basically nothing. She was not wanting me anymore, um, didn't find me attractive. I tried all kinds of things, and none of them worked. And eventually, she left me. She had an affair with another man and left me. And I was that, that was devastating to me. And um, Well, what kind of I, things were you trying? I mean, in your mind, uh, what was the problem? Like, I'm not doing X enough or Y enough. What was What were you trying to... Overcome. Well, I thought I wasn't macho enough for her, which is probably true. So I went to the gym and started working out and put on put on a bunch of muscle. Uh, but it seemed like that was just more of an external thing, and there was something else she was wanting that I wasn't giving her. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't. I didn't know what it was. And she didn't know how to articulate it either. She just was just She's like, oh, I'm not turned on to you. You know, my pussy's dried up, and it does. It's not interested in you anymore. I mean, okay. she wouldn't actually say those words, but you know, that's what was happening. Okay. And then she just quit touching me sexually entirely. She just wasn't like she was. She wasn't like touching me with with her hand or her mouth or anything. So. Okay. Wow. And I was just thinking, like, that's just got to be painful. Like, I, you're really attracted to her. You love her, but then yeah. it's not coming back at all. And for guys, you know, we, this is sex is that way that we feel connected. Like, we, we, this is the, the validation. This is the way that we know that we're in with our partner. Um, and so you're just getting a big fat no from her. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I um, I was really at a loss and I just kept going forward. Like we were, I bought her the ring and we were going forward with wedding plans. And I, I just, I, some part of me was just not registering. Like, I'm going to marry this woman and we're not going to have sex ever again. How's that going to work out? Right. <laughs> but it, it was kind of desperate to be with her and, and was not really considering that. It's like, Oh, I, I don't, yeah, I wasn't even paying attention to that. Yeah. Do not pay attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> 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 Okay. And so she ended up having an affair, which, which I can imagine like, well, maybe she just doesn't like to have sex, but she's no, she wanted to have sex with this guy. Um, yeah, I mean, like? we even experimented with an open relationship before she had the affair. Like, uh, we tried to, it was like, okay, uh, you know, you can date this guy and just call me at midnight before you come home. You know, I'm going to know what's happening a little bit. And I, I was just, uh, you know, I was just so um, hungry to keep her that, um, I was willing to do just about anything. Okay. I can't imagine that that approach was really what would turn her on even more. Is that, was, is that the case? No, I just think she just lost. It was starting to make her lose interest in me in hindsight. But okay. you know, when you're in it, you're thinking you're just doing everything you can to, to capture. You know, okay. I, was, I was trying to do everything I could. All right. So, so the relationship's over and you turn a corner. What, what goes on? What's the decision or the commitment you make to yourself at that time? Well, I the this, well. First of all, I had to like get out of denial, and then go through a lot of anger, and um, you know, start start um, getting in contact with more of my passion or my my intensity. Uh, you know, make her bad and wrong and all of that. And then I just realized that I ne I needed to know more about myself as a sexual being. I, I needed to 
I needed to find out more. And I'd always been interested in sex, but uh, um, this began kind of an intense search into Tantra, Taoism, and pretty much anything else I could get my hands on. Okay. And, you know, are you, are you like Luke Skywalker flying off to the Dagobah system and, and learning with these different teachers and, and getting yes. into, yeah? What, <laughs> yeah. Like what? Like what, what kind of stuff did you do? Um, well, I hired a, a woman who was a tantrika to come over to my house and do one-on-one trainings with me uh, so I could learn more about like, how to um, pleasure a woman, um, how to start channeling energy in my own body, um, how to you know, not ejaculate for a long time. And so we'd, we'd have these sessions where, I mean, she, she was pretty amazing. I, I just look back now and I, I kind of, I'm kind of shocked that we're doing a lot of this stuff, but she was teaching me how to start to have orgasms without, um, needing to, uh, ejaculate. And, and, and I, and tell me a little bit about that. Cause I can imagine for a guy, he's like, I'm, I'm pretty good. I like getting to that ejaculation part. I kind of race to get to that point. So that's right. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking to get there as soon as possible, but you're saying, hold on. We want to back off on that. What, what is a, yeah. what is a non ejaculatory orgasm provide for the guy that the ejaculatory orgasm does not? Well, first of all, it lets you go for longer. Um, so if you are into sex and you want to enjoy it for longer, that's a great way to go. Okay. Um, second of all, it starts to um, wake up um, other parts of you so that, you know, instead of, uh, you know, ejaculating and kind of snoozing, and a lot of guys will feel like it, when they ejaculate, it's like they're pulling the plug mm-hmm. and, and all the energy runs out. And so instead of that, it's more like you're recirculating the energy and it's kind of charging you up. So you have more energy for life in general. Okay. Got it. So instead of being drained by sex mm-hmm. and kind of passing out and uh, mm-hmm. you get to recirculate that energy and actually use it. Now you're more creative or I just, I could imagine being more creative, more energized and more focused on things rather than being depleted. Yeah, that's right. Instead of just like hanging out and watching, you know, TV, uh, you might start to do the thing that you're passionate about okay. uh, that you really are here on the planet to do. Okay. All right. Well, I want to I come back to the, to the, to the, uh, to the story a bit because, so you're working with a Tantrika and you're doing all this yeah. other kind of studying. Um, but is this just learning? I don't know. I, I think like sex tricks. I mean, are, are sex tricks really what are going to have a woman be attracted to you? I mean, how, how help us connect that. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't necessarily about the sex tricks. Um, there were a number of things that I was doing. I started to meditate. Um, I went to massage school and energy healing school. Uh, I started doing contact improv dance and African dance. I took yoga classes. Uh, and then I did a Tantra teacher training with Margot Anand, who uh, wrote The Art of Sexual Ecstasy. And um, Margot was a very important person in bringing Tantra from India to the Western world. And um, I I learned a lot from her. And we ended up in a relationship after I completed the training. And, you know, we had to let time pass because um, you can't play with your students. (laughs) And I guess one of the things I loved about Margot was her high integrity. Uh, And it's not very common out there with Tantra teachers, unfortunately. Okay. So, um, so then I started, we started, I started really experimenting with things with her in addition to traveling to France and teaching Tantra workshops. And so you've gone from being this, 
avoiding, you know, like basically kind of avoiding sex. It's this uncomfortable thing. You're stuck in the friend zone. Now you're dating the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> now you're dating the sex teacher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Okay. It was kind going. of like graduate, graduate school <laughs> <It's> <laughs> at so. this point. All right. All right. There's a lot of uh, experimentation also in there with polyamory and just different kinds of non-vanilla sex. Okay. So, um, which most of my guys are just want some vanilla sex. They just want more vanilla sex. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> No, you have to really, you know, you need to fill up at the buffet table here. That's, okay. a, that's an important part for guys is to learn to, like, that they deserve to have really, really good sex. And um, that's that's their birthright, actually. That's really powerful because I think a lot of us, it's this kind of like, well, let me see if I can play my cards right and maybe then I can get this. It's like they're always trying to win it. But what you're saying is, no, great sex is is your birthright. This is your, you know, it's you, you're here, you're alive. You are entitled to great sex. Is that what, right? Totally. And that's partly what I'm doing with the multi-orgasmic lover program. It's like a recovery program for you to feel the pleasure in your body that you used to feel when you were a kid and even more. It's like when you're, when you're young and before you're shamed uh, by society and by your family and probably by your peers, uh, you're a very alive, sensuous creature. And because of our socialization and what happens to us as we're growing up, we really start to shut it down. Mm-hmm. So, and give me some examples of how we, how we get it shut down. Because the guys, we may get that, we may understand there's a break there, but help him, what, what may have happened in his life that, that would have shut that off? Shut that down. Um, let's say you're four years old. You're playing with yourself. Um, it feels really good. You have this erection. You're like, hey, look what I made. You know, you're like really <laughs> excited. And someone comes over and hits you or says, hey, that's dirty. Stop doing that. Oh, you're yeah. disgusting. Right. You know, like, whoa, that's intense rather than, you know, some helpful parenting Something like, that's so sweet, honey. Look at what you made. You're so cute. Let's do that when we get home, okay? You know, or something like that. Not so in the grocery a, store, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Kids flying full mask here. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing. Or, or, I mean, just think of what you get from... Um, Religion, let's say, if you were raised Mormon or Catholic or any kind of strict, you know, born-again Christian, where there's a lot of um, repression built into the system. Yeah. It's not okay to talk about sex. It's not okay to be a sexual being. You just kind of absorb that into your pores. And it seems like this is just par for the course, even if we weren't brought up with a, with a religious upbringing like you're talking about. I think just in our society... It's, 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 you got to keep this under wraps. Like we started out our talk today, like guys don't talk about this, but what you're saying is by not talking about it and by keeping things under wraps, we're cutting ourselves off from that just amazing vitality of life and enjoying life. That's right. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that that helps me kind of put this in perspective of how the shame comes in and, and, you know, for a lot of guys, we want to feel alive. Life is flat. We don't look forward to many things. Um, and you're saying we got to go back and we got to reclaim this. And sex is a pathway to that. Totally, yeah. And and freeing yourself through sex is a way to do that. And you, a lot of times you have to do that by picking through the shame that, uh, in fact, my course addresses that, like picking through the the parts of your psyche that were shamed and put down for being a sexual being. It's something that's where we got to challenge it. Like, is this really true? Is it really? Yeah. What kind of stuff do you see most often that, that, that guys have been, you know, are kind of carrying around the kind of scripts that they're running? Um, 
I'm not good enough would be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do it right uh, would be another. Um, I'm unattractive and undesirable would be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't let my full energy be expressed, like my full abundant energy, my my wild side out, uh, because I'll hurt people. Mm. I'm That's dangerous. Yeah. If I'm sexual, yeah. I'm dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things. Okay. And it's just like, I think if we just, when we, just when you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah we do. We get that message. We, do we, but do we really challenge it? Do we ever say, is that true? Is that really true? Um, cause if it's, if we don't ever challenge it, then it just continues to drive us. Right, uh, exactly. and shape and shape our decisions. Okay. Yes. All right. And so, tell me a little bit about the pathway. Then you know the kind of the high, the blueprint, the guideline that you know. How does a guy basically learn how to free himself, even if he's not in a relationship? How does he use sex to basically reconnect to this real vitality in his life? Well, first of all, you need to get to know yourself, especially your own body, and what it's really capable of. So that means spending time finding out what turns you on. And guys will be like, well, I know what turns me on, you know. (laughs) I already know that. But I mean, really pleasuring yourself, not just masturbating to fantasies in your head or to internet porn. Like, take it to the next level. Spend time finding out where all of your erogenous zones are. And this is more of a felt sense then, because I think a lot of us are more attracted to that fantasy or that image, and then we just stimulate versus, no, what actually, when I, when I'm just actually feeling something, I wouldn't even have to imagine anything that just the feeling of something would be arousing to me. Yeah, you you have a body. You're not just this mind that's engaged in um, uh, an idea of sex, some kind of idealized uh, pleasure. Okay. But there's this very somatic experience of this flesh bag you're walking around in and you inhabit. And how can you inhabit it more fully? It's more than just dumping groceries into? Is that what you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I know Trent. what you're talking about. Okay. So, <laughs> so keep going. The pathway is, 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 is coming back and like, wait a second. I actually, I can, re- I can experience real pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if you're already a really sexual kind of guy, you can learn how to channel that energy throughout your body. You can learn to use your breath and your pelvis to move that kind of fuck energy that you've got locked up in your, in your whole pelvic bowl up to your heart or to your throat or to your brain. And if you're more of like a heart-centered, new-agey guy like I was, you can learn to connect more to your animal nature by hitting things. You know, sign up for a martial arts class. Not, your, not Tai Chi class, but something where you actually hit somebody. Uh-huh. <laughs> or like with um, guys in my men's group, sometimes we'll start a uh, group off with choking pillows. So we, everybody's on the floor, get their hands gripped around the neck of the pillow, <laughs> and, and we're kind of pounding it into the floor while we're all growling. And you could go, oh, yes, yeah, you know, whatever. But it's actually a great way to connect with your animal nature. You're down on the floor, you're making noise, you're choking, you're kind of aggressive with this thing. You're not actually hurting anybody. So it's a great way to activate that. And uh, I think that for guys who are all heart-centered, it's great to do things that are more active in the lower part of their body. 
Well, this is this is great. So by connecting to this killer part of ourselves, this is yeah. we got to we got to we got to tiptoe lightly here. So how do we go from being the, connecting to the killer to then being a better lover? Because I can imagine that killer energy. We're if it's not scary to us, we're, we might be thinking, well, it, it might be scary to somebody else. That's going to be off putting. Well, what happens is something activates when you do that, and you start to get more clear and confident and, and in touch with your wants and needs. And uh, that's a great place to start a conversation with a partner and tell her the things you want and need. And so you're going from this place of like, here's, you know, I'm getting more in touch with my energy and, and my body mm-hmm. and what actually makes me tick. My body is someplace right. other than just connecting my dick to my head. And... Uh, you know, I have a whole life in here and now I've also connecting into this greater, like, uh, core grounded energy. And now I speak from this place. Hey, you know what? This is what really turns me on. I want to share this with you and I'd like to play with you in this way. Yeah, that's really well said, Trip. And also, there's a um, one, one of the things I work with guys is making a pleasure list. Like, what is it that gives you pleasure? It's kind of the, the, um, shortcut to, um, to giving yourself joy on a daily basis. Okay. So uh, make a list of all the things that cost money or don't that you can do on yourself or by yourself or with others um, that give you pleasure. So taking a hot tub or a walk in the woods, going to the beach, um, getting a massage, taking a trip to a favorite spot, going out on the boat, you know, the different things. You just make a list and then you make sure you do one of those a day. I love it. This At is least. a lot. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of us are waiting to do that until we've done enough or like you said <laughs> some of these kind of core scripts we're running is like we don't deserve it, we're not good enough and you know, I'm not this or that. We're putting off pleasure and that's impacting our ability to connect with somebody else and and have great sex. Yes. And and one of the most important things is learning to receive. I have to say of all of the principles that go into the multi-orgasmic lover program, learning to receive might be number 1. And guys often struggle with this. I mean, even think about having sex with a partner and like, oh, is she turned on? How's she doing? Did she come? Did she come twice? Wow, this is going great. Oh, I'm doing horrible. You know, it's all it's all about, it's performance-based. Yes. And, and if you're learning to receive, then you start taking care of yourself. Like, how am I doing in all of this? What's, where's my part in this equation? How do I feel as I'm with her? And so that's, part of what's behind the pleasure list. Like, what do I do to give to myself? How am I taking care of me in this life? And so for the guy that's out there in his performance-oriented mindset, I can imagine he's like, well, now she's not going to be happy. So what's, how is, how, what's, the, what's the impact on her when, when we're taking care of ourselves, as you said, uh, in sex? Well, you don't want to forget completely forget your technique or forget that she's there. Correct. It's not like you're just going to fuck her without paying any attention to her. Right. But if you're attuning to her, but you're also attuning to yourself, then um, imagine like if the, there's a... Um, if if you become a multi-orgasmic guy and you're like on fire, you're having this orgasm, you're not ejaculating, which means you could go again. And she's going for the ride with you. She's on top of you or underneath you. And she, she's, you know, you're having that moment of like, ah, oh, it's, it's coming through you. The fire is happening. Yeah. She's like a tuning fork. She's picking that up, right? So sure. she's feeling pleasure. It doesn't mean you have to get down right down on her clitoris and rub right at the two o'clock position and, you know, do this whole little fingering thing. It's like, no, you become a turned on man. Allow that energy to fill your body and she connects to that. 
she's, you're kind of plugging into her in a way. And so she starts to vibrate with, at that intensity. And then you can go again because you're a multi-orgasmic guy. Your turn on becomes her turn on. That's right. Okay. And then and there's a nice cycle, you know, you just oh, get, yeah. to, get to feed into that. Oh yeah. Okay. Very nice cycle. Okay, great. And so your program is it is it cater like you know for the guy that's just starting out? This sounds like pretty advanced stuff. So how does the multi orgasmic lover training walk him through this? Well, you gotta crawl before you can walk before you can run. And I don't think there are guys, I mean, there's a few guys who come in because they've already done a lot of work and uh, they're kind of ready to go that start having multi-orgasms right off the bat. But most of the time it's because, like I said, it's a recovery program. We're doing some basic physical practices like learning to do pelvic rocking, uh, learning to pump the PC muscle, which is the pubococcygeus muscle in between your asshole and your balls. And you learn to strengthen that muscle because that's the one that's pumping when you have your actual orgasm. Got it. So you strengthen that and then you learn sexual breathing techniques and you put it all together in something I call the me breath, which is a way of drawing the energy up from your pelvis throughout your body. And so all of these techniques are basically, I can imagine this guy's like, what? What muscle? <laughs> the only muscle yeah. I know is, is you know, the one that gets erect. And, and so, but, <laughs> right. but this is how, this is the pathway. If you want to, if you want to have more pleasure, you got to get to know thyself in this way instead of just kind of get in and get out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and it's for guys who are really willing to make a change. It's if if you're not interested in changing, you probably wouldn't be listening to Triple Anir's New Man podcast right now. Okay. Yeah, that's true too. So, right? well, well, you know, obviously, guys, you need to go check out this program. I'm going to give you a link to go do that in a second. But, you know, what's one thing that the guy could start doing today that would make an impact? It would give him a, a, a sense of what's possible. Well, just something small. Well, the pleasure list I mentioned would be something small. Um, so after you finish listening to this podcast, get out a piece of paper or your um, your pad and uh, write or type in uh, a list of things that you love to do. And they can cost money or not, basically just like I described. So that's, okay. that would be the easy thing. You know, a more challenging one would be to ha- give yourself a self-massage session, like I was describing earlier. And... Um, you know, set aside a half an hour, um, get some oil, touch yourself all over. Some guys are totally into this. They'll like take a bath, light candles, put on music. I mean, <laughs> some, some of the guys right? I work with like totally go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Pamper themselves. And for the guys who are like, oh man, I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in we're finding my feminine side. Well, there you go. So you can continue to get the results that you've always gotten if you continue to be the way you are. But I, I want to encourage you to stretch, to find this part of you that really does like to receive and that deserves to receive. You know, I, I that's one of my biggest challenges is receiving just in anywhere in life. I, mm-hmm. you know, like people, I have people in my life that catch me and they say, you know, I just gave you a compliment or I just appreciated you and you kind of yeah. deflected it and blew it off. But I could see where that would even go, you know, basically everywhere. It didn't just stop there. It would, it would, it could impact in the bedroom too. Yeah. I'm finding there's so much cross pollination. The changes guys make in the bedroom really do have an effect out there in life. I'm starting with the bedroom and then uh, watching changes ripple through uh, the guys I work with, uh, ripples through their whole lives. Okay. So working in the bedroom is going to have, is going to impact everything you do, your confidence and the connection that you have in your bedroom. And just as you were talking about that, I was like, wow, this is where he's no longer waiting for her to do something for him or he's trying to get something from the world. He's less, basically he's less 
less needy. He's more self-sufficient. He's able to give, you know, he's in a place of able to give to others instead of trying to get and take. Right. So if you're, if you're, because of these times when you're pleasuring yourself and you're, and I call it self-pleasuring sessions instead of just masturbation, because I think a lot of guys relate masturbation to porn or fantasy where they're trying to get off as soon as possible. But a self-pleasuring session, think of the, um, how you might luxuriate and know your body and what you like and how you could be able to communicate that to your partner. And then it's not about trying to get something from her the way you described just now, Trip. It's more like, wow, I'm a turned on guy. Come share in my experience of passion and um, aliveness. Yeah, and be able to give direction too. Like instead of it being a mystery, we tend to shy away from, oh, it's uncertain. It's like, oh, I don't know if I should do this or tell her that or whatever. But I don't know. There's something about that certainty and being able to direct one another. Um, yes. Yeah, it feels feels good. Uh, and, yeah, and, that sense of confidence in the bedroom is definitely translated out to the boardroom <laughs> yeah. or wherever else you're taking it in your life. Here's what I want in my life, and let's go co-create it. So yeah, all right. Well, the the multi orgasmic lover training for men. You can find it by visiting thenewmanpodcast.com/sex. That's thenewmanpodcast.com/sex. Sex. Make sure you get the slash sex on there. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. I can imagine this was uh, just mind-blowing for, for some guys out there. It would have been for me years ago to hear guys actually having this kind of a conversation and to know there's a whole world out there available to them. Like they've been, It's like realizing you've been living in a five-bedroom house when you've been kind of held off in the closet or something. It's like, That's wait, right. yeah. there's, there's so much more available. So yeah. th- thank you so much, Jim. You're welcome. I'm really here to invite guys into all of those different bedrooms of the house. (laughs) There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.